to the Acolytes of Merlin. Today we will be talking about the second book of the New Sun. The second book of the Book of the New Sun, <laughs> rather. Um, though I te- guess the other one is technically correct. Um, called The Claw of the Conciliator. We are your hosts, John. And Johnny. Um, and I... If, if you listen to our last episode... Um, You'll know that um, I was uh, rather critical of the first book of this series. Um, And I have to say this one, I think this one is better. Um, At least in terms of, like, stuff bothered me a lot less. (laughs) Okay. (laughs) And and, uh, Johnny's coming at it with a a bit more of a... um, uh, a positive point positive, of view. Yes, um, <laughs> what uh, what what was your take on on comparing them? Uh yeah, I overall I I also enjoyed it more than the first one. Uh, I think it's still uh, there are things that I'm finding out about these books that I either totally missed or <laughs> did not catch, but are definitely there in the text if you look for them. Um, uh-huh. There, uh, but I am overall enjoying the experience. This is a really feels really weird just because of how how the books are written. Um, because it's they're very unique, and he's a really unique. Gene Wolfe has a really unique style, but uh, and there were parts that still did drag, or at least for me on the surface, like dragged a bit. But over, but I but I generally was really absorbed in the environments, and there is more plot stuff for sure. So um, you def- yeah you definitely do find it weird that um, that it was that you are enjoying it as much as you are given the given the pace and everything. Uh, maybe uh, well maybe just that like enjoyment feels because apparently like, it is. Apparently, a very layered work, uh, and so I I feel like in, but yes, overall I am like enjoying the experience, uh, it, but it is certainly unique and very dense. Uh, yeah, yeah, but it's it. I, I I felt that it leaned into into its environment a little more. Um, and was a lot less dependent on uh, Severian's quirks and whatnot. And we just got a lot more mystery, which is, I think, the strong point of the series. Yes, totally agree on all of those points. I wrote, uh, and here's a, state, here's a statement. Gene mm. Wolfe sets atmosphere better than Robert Jordan, or at least he doesn't work concisely with just as much richness. Interesting. Uh, like the the and because this going into your point about the setting, I think he and the environment that he really does lean into. Like the, I have a lot more notes about some of the description, if not the specific descriptions of the environments, than my thoughts on the environments uh, in this book than I did from the last one. Uh, where like I got. Well, again, I just think they take more center stage, so that makes sense. Yeah. With the exception of, like, the... Well, the exception of the first village, which that's... 
also a uh, very um, jarring opening uh, <laughs> with the time skip. <laughs> uh, picking oh, up, yeah. picking up not where we left off, which not that it doesn't work, but yeah, it is. Yeah, I actually all, didn't mind it all that much. Like I, I kind of liked it, but like, but like it, for the first few pages, it was. A, I would try to figure out. Okay, are we, are we picking up where we left off and. And the way they were talking, uh, eventually there's enough context clues where I, I figured, no, we're not. But uh, but I did in, well, yeah, that's, other than that, the actual setting of that village. Now, there's interesting things that happen in that village, but, uh, like, the settings in general are very interesting. Mm-hmm. And uh, he is really coming into uh, contact with... Um, certain situations that uh don't necessarily i mean sometimes uh, he'll sometimes severian will still say like oh this is what i'm realizing about love and women in this moment which uh it's a lot of what he says still sometimes it sometimes makes me roll my eyes a bit yeah um, i don't yeah go ahead i don't like a lot of his commentary on that but <laughs> um but this felt I, I think I did this last episode, but I gotta compare it to King Killer Chronicle again. Um, and I particularly felt that this um, paralleled uh, the second book of that series a lot more because of just the um, anthological uh, setup of of the the environments that he was coming across um, that he. Uh, runs into specific challenges um, and it does feel a little bit more like trials, uh, even though there's no um, overarching commentary of um, these. These are going to turn into legends one day, like it does in King Killer. Um, but it was still more compelling than than what they, he was doing before. That's it. I can see that comparison. Um... Yeah, although I think that this certainly has, not being this about King Killer, I think this does have more. Uh, there are more events or situations that tie into the what is I'm assuming the main plot thread with Vodalus than sequences in King Killer to Wise Man's Fear that tie into. Uh, the more central aspects of Quoth's journey that are set up from the beginning. Mm-hmm. Um, but again, I really like Wise Man's Fear, but yeah, I, I see what you're saying where there are definitely sections and things that both Quoth and Severian in this, in this case uh, have to work through for there to get to the next stage, so to speak. Right. And I have to wonder, like, because obviously he's, you say that you realize a lot of stuff um, or are kind of starting to touch on some secrets and layers that are not, were not immediately apparent. And I wonder how much of that dancing around um, Wolf needs to do and that inevitably leads into a... A, a narrative flow where it feels like something is missing um, because he can't touch on it. Um, and that's that's not something that I'm going to really have the answer for unless, unless you finish it. 
Um, but, and then I don't know, I mean, at the, on the one hand, I'll be like, hey, you know, good for you for, um, for kind of weaving that in and, and, and playing footsie with it for so long. Um, yeah, I say that in, in a neutral slash good way. Right, right. <laughs> um, and how much am I like, uh, but it, it, need, it needed something else to kind of fill out the reading experience um, for me, at least, um, because it felt like, uh, it feels like it's it's a bit gutted um, of whatever crucial pieces of information are, he's withholding from us. I can see that. I think it's so... Okay, so here's the example that I like. Uh, like, I, I did not... I did not catch this. This was told to me. Uh, but the... And this is spoilers for, like, book one. But... And I, I, I don't know if this is something that's foreshadowed earlier or for something later. But the the torturer's tower in book one is a spaceship um i i figured that most of the structures were um some kind of metal um based on how they were described um i didn't necessarily think of spaceships yeah there's definitely a sense that something is really specific about the design like when he's going through the uh corridors in the first one but yeah that's a good point yeah uh, but but that's that's just an example of uh, something that i'm i'm assuming that a lot of other of the more hidden parts of the story or the text are there in that they are described but you have to put the pieces together a little and and that I mean that's unironically great, and it it speaks to something. The the main thing that I think he's trying to do in these books, as far as a, a mode of storytelling, which is um, and when we when we imagine uh, when we imagine stories, um, we I, I feel like we as humans think toward the future and think of like what's possible and imagination. And yeah. that's one way that we uh, look in the mirror ourselves and realize ourselves. And then we have um, legend and myth and um, trying to dig back into ourselves and what we were to try and figure out who we are. Um, and it's almost as though, not even almost, it is as though he is trying to take all of this, um, all of these aesthetics and infrastructure of the of the future-looking genre, and say, what if they were even farther in the future, and it was seen through the lens of myth? And I I, I do find that to be really intriguing, and is easily the best part. Of, of, of this reading experience just knowing that that's there just out of reach that's a good I, I mean that's a really good probably summary of what he's a big picture trying to do mm-hmm. yeah that's uh, I, I think a, a good summary of what he seems to be doing narratively and I yeah it's 
I feel I, I get what you're saying where in some instances in that sense it might feel a little like quote unquote dudded so to speak uh, but I and, and I guess I'm but I but I to come to your other point it does I can tell that there is something there and it is just out of reach uh, I'm not catching the specifics like I did not catch this spaceship on my own uh, mm-hmm. even though like you can tell there's something there's something there that like either I'm missing or need more context for right. but um, but, I, but I'm I'm I guess deferring on the fact that just because I'm not seeing it doesn't mean it's there or maybe like the, yeah like just because I'm not seeing it doesn't mean it's there and that's might be more of a like even though it's not like something that ups my personal enjoyment as i'm reading it like at like a surface level right it does that it does speak to like like yeah like that it does speak to wolf's skill like the for me the biggest example of this is the play i have no clue what the play is about (laughs) And I feel like an idiot saying that because it's probably a hugely important thematic thing. But it, it it is. I mean, it's 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 well, it's so biblical in its in its nature, just like kind of in your in your face about that. Um, I that was probably one of like I, I was really arrested reading that, maybe okay. more than any other part. All right, explain the play to me so that I. And less stupid. <laughs> well, I'm not. I'm not saying that um, I like understood it uh, totally, um, but I, I just thought that, particularly because it, it was limited to just dialogue, which kind of helped with um, with his his style of dialogue. That there was nothing else around it. That's um, a good point. I thought that. Uh, each of the characters was uh, pretty well defined, and it's re- it's really funny. I'm I'm pretty sure that um, because I um, listened to the to that most of that play, actually the entire play because I restarted the chapter, um, mm. and he I'm pretty sure he does this like the same four voices. I think there are only the, there are only the four maybe. No, there are five. He he does the same five voices for all of the characters because it's only five actors playing them, um, which I thought was really cool. That's that that's yeah that's really, that's pretty neat. Um, but I don't know. I'm each of the specific interactions. Um, to your point, they were obviously um, reaching. Toward or, or pointing to something um, that just is was of really great import um, yes. that uh, happened with like a, a decision that people had to make to um, maybe I don't know they have the old son and the new son and then there's rebirth so maybe it's like sacrificing one civilization right. for another and, and I mean that's yeah. that's just speculation but it's probably something. Um, that is is made grand because of the stakes involved, um, but instead of dealing with those stakes directly, 
um, the legends that this is probably based on are instead are instead dramatize it. Um, that, and what? I thought that that came through regardless of me not knowing the specifics of the interactions that were going on, I guess. So that's why I enjoyed that so much. Okay, yeah, that, that would make sense. And the, especially the potential sacrificing a civilization for another, because it, it's, I think Vodalus notes this, uh, that his goal, like he wants, like it's not just usurp the autarchy or whatnot it's he wants humanity to go to the stars so which they clearly already are in the stars because i think it's like like jonas was definitely was like on a ship that crashed to earth and he so like they're clearly already out there but like maybe Vodalus is just looking to do that more like you said appending the earth what's currently on Earth and saying, we need to get rid of this, it's not working, or to get to the next the next step, so to speak. Right. Yeah, we have a, we have a lot of hints of all the normal uh, factors at play, like, uh, like hubris, for example. Yeah. Um, that, it seems like it's, 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 it feels like it's written all over that play with... Um, the behavior of both um, the the Autark and the Adam um, analog. I forget his name. Yeah, yeah, I'm not remembering right now, but um, but yeah, that that probably. I mean, like most of the other stuff, that probably uh, benefits from a reread once you realize what they're referencing you can just enjoy it all the more the, the thing that i've landed on with um withholding stuff in a narrative um recently is that like if it's about plot and world then you're all good if it's about if it's character then that's a problem if you if you withhold character um to the extent that there's not a lot going on in the narrative. Um, oh, I, yeah, I see what you're saying. There has to be more. Not that you can't have, like, revelations of a character, but it, there has to be... Um, you can't put all of that off. Um, so I I guess what I'm saying is I, I'm okay with um, how he's doing this, um, and I guess I'm getting more okay with it as time is going by as I'm like getting used to some of the stuff that tripped me up in the beginning. Um, but that's just my take. That's, that's fair. Yeah, that's fair. Um, yeah. And, and, but, and it's, it's really interesting because in some ways he's not holding a lot of anything back where you'll get these anecdotes about Severian talking about when he's like the art, the autark, which is clearly like in, in, in the first few chapters of book one, he reveals he's sitting at like that um, in the palace as acting as the autarch. Like so, clearly there's there are certain things he has no problem with the reader with the reader knowing up front. But but um, stuff that's ultimately inconsequential to the right. Yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah, we're yeah we're, we're at least like yeah not n- knowing it doesn't like that's not the reveal is that Severian becomes the autarch. Um, I mean it was a reveal, no. but it's not yeah. 
<laughs> Could have been, no. but no. no, no. It's it's a he's he's giving us he's giving us a bone that we think has meat on it, but it really doesn't. Yeah. Um, or yeah, or, or I'm sure it does because it seems like everything supposedly every bone in the story has like <laughs> a lot of meat on it. But like, yeah, it's it, it's not. That's not yeah the point. But, yeah, that's not the point. Um, um, you mentioned I, Jonas, or unless you wanted to go to some. Thing specific next. Um, I did want to go like back and talk about studying briefly, just because I uh, there was a couple of things uh, before we get too far. Like, yeah, uh, just to go back to like studying and how well he is at immersing you in that the cave with the ape men. I'm gonna call them ape men. Uh, right. <laughs> it felt like it, like I'm likening it to a Final Fantasy dungeon, but like I knew a, you were gonna say a video game. In a in a like in a good way, where like it, it I, I could like picture exactly what the cave looked like, and as I'm like my as like Severians walking through it, exactly what was going on uh, in a way that was very atmospheric, um, and and a lot of the palace was also. Uh, also really led to that, uh, and I, I this is uh, this this one's for you. That there is a uh, Super Mario sixty four mm-hmm. is, is is in is in Whoa. the uh, in the book. <laughs> one of, yeah, one of us had to say it. I was just like, I'm just, I'm just thinking of when he's when he kind of makes the transition into the painting, and it and it does the the, the transition sound from the. From from the game as as he's stumbling yes. in, like those memes yes. on YouTube, it's fantastic. Right. Oh yeah, but yes, that was I I appreciated that a little, not a little, but the realizing like what he did. I'm like, wait a minute, hold on. <laughs> oh. Yes, but um, yeah, the the um. And 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 that uh, the hallway felt a little bit like the endless staircase in that game yes. as well. Yes. Um, it was funny. Uh, he well, that's not about setting. Um, I yeah, I suppose that uh, yeah, I, I I agree that um, he does a good job in in, in painting the settings. Um, even I mean I really even felt like I was in the uh, the, the dungeon place um, where yes. he's with Jonas and and the others even though there's literally almost like it's pitch black most of the time. Right. Right. Um, so yeah, I'm not. I have to look back to see how he goes about doing that, but I oh he's yeah, doing a pretty good job. Yes. Um... And when, with that we have another example of I'm thinking the palace is definitely I mean well there's a lot of weird things going on in the palace like even as we saw in book one but like there are apparently uh, Star Trek like Jonas gets beamed up somewhere uh, <laughs> when he goes into the mirrors um, uh, so like clearly that seems a very t- definitely technological sci-fi function that he taps into somehow um, right, and what was it? The, I'm trying to think of other. Yeah, the palace. Yeah, in general, has oh the palace within the palace, like the or the like shadow palace, so to speak. That's a really cool idea. Oh, just the yeah, the idea that it's and what I, I wonder what that could that be. 
an analog to. So the palace, um, the second palace is, 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 you're right, it's an interesting idea. And it's, yeah, I'm just trying to think of what that's an analog to sci-fi wise. I mean, I my mind really went to video games, but that like like I'm thinking Link to the Past or Link Between Worlds, like or I mean a lot of Zelda. Well, it's not even just a lot of video games do that. Like some of the Final Fantasy games, but um, uh, in sci-fi, I mean like you have there's more fantasy world stories that I'm thinking of. I'm thinking of like Telvarviud and Jadesmar. Um, right. Yeah. But, the same place, different plane. But right. But this seems very intentionally crafted. I think is like how it's like at least how with how they just whoever's telling him about it describes it. Like the like the palace in the in the palace or the whatever like secondary palace so to speak was built. Yes. Yeah, I can, I, I can see why you'd say that. Um, you, you had a point you were going to make before we went back to setting. Oh, um, just that he, uh, who was it that he ran into in the in the hall of the paintings? Oh, it was Vodalus's man. Go. Yeah, uh, it's, it's Vodalus's man is, uh, is in that room. The, what, the person that, Severian, that he sent Severian to deliver the message to. Uh, yes, yeah, is the person is the person that he finds in the room, not in the room. Um, it, who's cleaning the paintings before he goes through the painting? No, I thought that I thought the person was in the room. Or are you are you talking about the the guy in the yellow robe? I think the Mario sixty four room. <laughs> yeah. Um, <laughs> I'm thinking about something really specific, but um, the well, we learned later that that's the altar. Oh we? yes, yes, yes! I have a note about that actually. Yeah. Yes. So that's which the, that's yeah. I'm sure there's lots to get into there. That I that's a scene where it's probably like you need to dissect it sentence by sentence, and I did not. <laughs> right, but like yeah, it's like what is he doing? in this dusty old room instead of being on like a throne like he is in the play even right. and he's he's kind of it's it's like he's like we we think that Vodalus is some kind of revolutionary and he's the one that has to be furtive and hide as is typical but it really seems like the autark is hiding even more than Vodalus is yeah that's like a weird po yeah that's a good point uh, and like to what degree then is Anair, I think it's pronounced Anair, I think, um, or that's what I'm saying at least. Mm -hmm. Like is, is maybe he's the one that's really more running the show because he, he certainly seems to be doing more than the Autark. He's been mentioned a lot more than the Autark in the story. A father Anair, he's the one, he, he created the room with the mirrors in book one. Um, he, he just seems to be, he seems to come up more when people are talking about the palace and, like, he's the one I think that's more responsible for the palace within the palace. Okay. Uh, that, that was just an observation I had, that he seems to have come up more 
than the actual author. Yeah. Well, I mean, now that we're talking about this, I will say that it, it in the play, it seemed like the autark um, didn't have a um, monopoly on a, a perception of his own power. Like the Adam figure was um, kind of coming up to uh, claim his own authority. Um in, in certain parts of the play, and um, I'm just kind of connecting that now to uh, the real art autarchs' um, uh, dubious hold on power, and maybe that's connected. Yeah, but it, it probably is. Knowing how, like, <laughs> knowing how Gene Wolfe writes, that's it. Probably is connected. I I couldn't tell you more specifically than that right now but <laughs> right but yeah I'll have to figure out who the uh, it's it's an old guy that he met in book one that is cleaning the painting yes that's right okay now I'm re- at least remembering him uh, he's like a really yeah. like someone you wouldn't expect to show up again but it's, it's slipping my mind Anyway, do you have any uh, anything else about any other settings that we have not um, touched on? Not really settings. Um, I have, yeah. Well, yeah. Not not really settings. Uh, well, the yeah. Not really se- the the exultants are very in, the like basically how how they walk around like the how he shows like the Uber people or whatever. Like I think they're exultant. There are different levels of like literal like levels of humans or types of humans. Types of humans maybe is better. Yeah, ones that are more evolved than others. You would think. Yes. Yeah. And yeah. Like it's clear that yeah. Like these are different, almost like species of person than, uh, like scientifically than like say like than. I would say Severian, but we could find out that he is one of them later, for all we know. But yeah, because well, he um, he resisted the uh, the plant thing at the end of the last book when he shouldn't have yes. been able to. So oh, yeah, the le- yes, that's right. Yeah, and I mean, there's and yeah, I'm just I'm kind of thinking as I'm going along here that there's a good chance that he he keeps talking about how like oh all of the torturers are like boys of a certain age that never knew their mothers and I'm all and I'm right now I'm over here like what if they didn't have mothers or if they were like grown or something oh that maybe yeah <laughs> nothing's off the table you know fit with yeah that could very much be a thing with how wolf writes that it's they are just like grown uh and that and that would that feels like the type of detail that would be hidden underneath the language and the context. Yeah. Uh, I do want to. Uh, well, I, I, don't, I, I do want to go and talk about uh, the the conversation with the green man. I just thought was very interesting. Oh, that was in, in this book. Yes, in the beginning. Okay. Uh, I'm I'm really intrigued by that concept in general. Yes, um, of like 
people, plant people who um, have different means of sustenance, like simpler means of sustenance. Yes. Uh, yeah, and that, this goes obviously like it's like the past and future and time is like a theme, but like he's another person that's well, he's literally from the future. So right. I, yeah, I'm just curious. I, I'm curious to see if we're going to see like him or like like in books three or probably more likely four like if we're going to see more of these futures yeah I i'm mean, sure we will but yeah we're, we might see more about um time and 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 in fact if there is or are mechanisms around that um then maybe that is what we're he's going to use to show us what really happened um with the new sun and everything um, that's just that's just a spitball. No, that would, that would make sense. Or yeah, that would make sense. Uh, and the so, other, uh, yeah, I and uh, I, I the next thing I have is just my favorite scene, and at least I certainly the most epic scene I think so far. But do you have anything next in particular? Well, we were talking about evolved humans, so I think it only yes, makes sense yeah. that we should talk about the robots. Or at least the cyborgs. Robots, cyborgs. Um, um, Jonas, um, first of all. Oh, uh, oh yeah, his arm. Mm-hmm. Um, yes, right, right. Okay. And the, the, the short little eye, it, it went so fast that I'm forgetting the details, but um, we knew that he was really taken, taken with Jolenta, and then we find, we, we find out, I'm pretty sure, that Jalenta is also a cyborg. Really? Uh, she probably is, and I missed it based on. I just I, I remember some kind of uh, yeah, just some like wires or something like that. I don't know if it was in the final scene or, or if it was earlier. Um, it might have been. But it would make sense if, like, oh, the the doctor had some magic to make her young. Well, maybe he, like, kind of had some technology to, like, polish her or something. No, yeah, that, that would make sense. I also, okay, so he, like, he physically beats her at the end of the book. That, I was confused by, like, because then I... I forget if he he just kind of lets her go, and I don't know if he meant for her to let leave her to die. I think that, up... that became more clear as time went on because she she no longer has the medicine to um, maintain herself, and I think that's why she was probably so devastated. Looking that's back on it, it's a good point. That's a good point. So. I don't know yeah. what's going on there with the with, with the cyborgs, but I, I liked that little curveball. Yeah, that's I like where that's yeah, that I didn't catch all of that when I read it, but I it, it totally tracks. Yeah. Um where were you gonna go? You were gonna go somewhere. Oh, I had just the my favorite or certainly the most epic sequence in the book is when Severian rides into Vodalus's camp on the beast with like the headless driver 
and the headless driver just pitches over the side as they enter the camp. And uh, yeah, it was just such an epic sequence, uh, <laughs> and, and quite yeah. quite a, quite an entrance, but, but different than other entrances that we've talked about before. <laughs> yeah, um, yeah, just kind of um, really just leaning into the weirdness and some kind of like and and epicness in a way that doesn't really have to do with character or anything like that but it's still yeah it's, yeah 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 it's, it's just the the image of of how that plays out yeah i can see that um, um let's see uh there's the there's the ending scene which we just mentioned which is a little a little odd um yes oh the witches and their ghosts now. Oh, actually, that's the other way that they played with time. Um, in that they are, they appear to be looking back at um, an earlier time that they're not really a part of, but they can see, but also like grapple with and interact with the people there. Um, and it kind of looks like they're like different creatures. Yes, I'm vaguely. Uh, yeah, I, I, I'll need to reread that. Yeah. Scene, but that's interesting. Well, it was almost as though um, the the guy that was like um, in the center of the. It looks like it was like a bunch of mo- monkeys or baboons or something, um, and the guy in the center of them appears to know that the future people are there the future people being the main characters um but only he can realizes that they're there so he has some sort of way to tap into whatever the hell it is they're doing okay yeah i'll have to reread that because yeah that's that's very interesting yeah another another scene i'm sure is like layered with like what they're looking at and right yeah what exactly that ritual is the other way are, are we talking about this i i was um i don't know if we're but i, I was going to go to the like the votalist hallucinatory oh and um scene. and um thecla yes being in his head yes yeah so yeah i i, I yeah it's it, it seemed I wrote that I was confused about it, uh, but it seemed like everyone was in that circle was in some sort of hallucinatory state. Like, like it seemed similar to like the spice from Dune a little bit. <laughs> uh, um, I mean, not... I, I mean, the the yeah, the quintessential sci-fi drug, yes. But yeah, the, right, yeah. you mean you mean in the sense that it can um, uh, help with future sight? Yeah, yeah, future or whatever he's looking at, yeah. And my understanding is also he eat yeah like he eats her flesh in what seemed like a pseudo eucharistic ritual. Um, right. Yeah, and I I that I don't entirely understand <laughs> or where that's going, but especially was, since in the in the end scene she appears to be expelled from him. Um, as yes. a part of uh, the ghostification 
that was, that was done to all of them. Yes. But that was. Yeah. Yeah, we must sound like people who've read the whole thing. We must sound like children. Oh yeah, I was say yes. I'm I'm sure. Yeah, there there are. I'm sure they're either yelling at us or getting a kick out of uh, some of our observations. Yeah. <laughs> well, however, you can have fun. Yeah. We welcome um, good-natured jibes. Yes. Uh, I don't have a ton else. Uh, yeah, I mean, it's, 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 so much of it is the... Um, atmosphere and setting that that the plot points uh from my perspective really aren't too many i mean yeah. there's other stuff to mention like um like agia's next attempt on his life yes that was right yes but i don't have any particular observations about it just that that continues to be a thing um, and he didn't kill her. And he didn't kill her. Or he says he didn't, at least. <laughs> right, unreliable which, narrator and all that, yeah. which if he didn't kill her, then I suspect that is going to have an impact, um, either good or bad, because, you know, Gollum. <laughs> but, right, yes, that, yes, both, yes. Yeah, there's, there's always that. Um, but we'll just have to wait and see. Yeah. Uh, yeah, that's and, and yeah, and, and I think going back to the uh, like with the setting and the settings and descriptions, I think a lot of the plot is almost told within that. So like you look at the that uh, the or story, let's maybe is a better word, because um, looking at the like the torturer's tower at, or cat like area as a spaceship, like that's. So stuff like that is like that gives a whole new context to different things that we were reading. Like, like for example, um, the the table that they put Thecla on at the very beginning, yes, um, which I always figured was something techy. Um, yes, I mean, he didn't make a huge effort to hide it, but now I have a better idea of like everything that's surrounding it and how you have like, um, maybe this like run down um rusted like um spaceship hull um that surrounds all the different i mean it's 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 pretty big it's a pretty big spaceship because you have all these um cells right. and and uh, different torture room for different torture devices so it's almost like a titanic of the of, of space right yeah it's a whole castle or palace yeah or castle better than a palace but yeah, it's like size-wise, pretty extensive. Uh, but yeah, like similar stuff like that. And I, I'm sure the palace in particular has lots of different nuggets of stuff like that that give context to, like, like for example, I bet there's details in that room with the Autark and like what he was doing there that like that would definitely shine a light onto even more like story or plot elements. Right. I think that's that about it. Yeah, I think that's it for me. Okay. Yeah. Same here. Um, so yeah. Well. Yeah. No. I glad glad we read it. I'm. I, I am enjoying the experience. It's a lot. Uh, <laughs> it, it's 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 a lot, and it's very different than other. Well, it's different and similar to other stuff we've read, but. 
I will, um, I mean, I, I should mention that um, he, at, at the very end, he did the, he did the same thing that he did um, in book one, which is like, okay, I'm going to pause here for a second. And then he actually says, um, I, if, if you don't want to go with me any further, I don't blame you. It's not an easy road. And I was like, okay, let me snick it. Oh, <laughs> yes, the actual, yes, the kind of Gene Wolf talking as, yeah. Right, and I'm like, I don't know, man, that's a good question. <laughs> yeah, that's, that's funny. Yeah, I, I'm, lean, I'm leaning towards um, continuing it. Um, I am now more, a little more invested in what it all means, and it's, yeah, it it's it's I'm I'm halfway through now, and it is probably just makes sense to say that I read the whole thing so that I can like, if if I talk if I if my opinion doesn't like get a lot better and I say that I thought it was just meh, I at least want to, I don't want someone to say, well, did you read the whole thing? And, sure. I, would, and I would be like, sure. no. <laughs> yes, yeah, so, fully maybe for that reason. Sure, like more fully for at least, yeah, at least you did the whole thing and you can say you did to just not justify, but yeah, just, at least somewhat justify your opinion. Yep. So, all right, well, thanks. For, so, this has been uh, our episode on uh, The Claw of the Conciliator, book two of Book of the New Sun. Uh, we are your hosts, Johnny. And John. And thank you for listening. Mm-hmm.